0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Victoria Lupashko, your host for today's conversation with Dr. Yudia Zhu, who is part of the Australian National University's Research School of Humanities and the Arts. Hello, Dr. Zhu, and welcome to New Books in Asian Studies channel. Thank you for agreeing to talk to us um, about your new book, Heritage and Romantic Consumption in China, published by Amsterdam University Press and part of the International Institute for Asian Studies series.
0: Hi, Victoria, nice to meet you and thank you for the opportunity to to discuss my book here.
1: Absolutely, I'm very excited to to get into the details and to, to hear you speak about it in more details. And, you know, I'll start the, the interview um, by asking you, um, you know, to, to getting to, to know you and your work better. Sure. And I was wondering uh, whether you could uh, please tell us how you came to this project. You know, what got you interested in Yunnan, in the Lijiang area, in heritage and tourism studies in general?
0: Sure. Uh, thanks for that. Um, in 2005, five six. I was offered a UNESCO fellowships to study the relationship between heritage and tourism in Lijiang. So, just give you a, a bit um, oh, um quick over overview. Lijiang is a city in southwest China, um, 600 kilometers from the capital of Yunnan Kunming, and not far from Laos, Burma, and Vietnam. And in early days, this is a remote area in which many adventurers and explorer explorers, mainly Westerners were attracted by its mountain sceneries, waterways, wildlife, and traditional architecture, and ethnic minorities and religious culture. So during my first visit to Lijiang in 2005, like early adventurers, I was also attracted by the beautiful scenery and the exotic ethnic minority culture. So I'm basically like a tourist. So I was wondering when I saw so many tourists and investors and, and migrants uh, to come to this place. I was wondering why this place attracts so many people, including me as one of them. And how does such development, I mean, so many uh, flow of people and the capitals, change the local society? And what does this change mean to these tourists and the local communities? I think these questions become the main reasons that I start to study this place.
1: That's great. And it's very... Um... It's very fascinating to to think about how uh, we get attracted to to these areas and how the organization in these areas um change their essence um, you know in time. Yeah. Um, and um yeah, and I think your your book does a tremendous job at at going into details about it and and showing um exactly what what you describe. Um, And, you know, it's a a book that is comprised of a prologue, the introduction, five chapters, the conclusions, and an epilogue. And in the introduction, you mention a few of the questions that influence the thinking about this book. And here I'll quote uh, the questions. So what is the nature of ethnic uh, tourism and heritage? Uh, Why does it change local society so powerfully? And what are the insights, uh, what insights do the social context of tourism and heritage provide? And from these questions, we can uh, start to figure out the book's main themes. Uh, But I wanted to invite you to tell us more about the key concepts. And here I'm thinking about heritage, uh, ethnic tourism, romantic consumption uh, Mm. that you explore and uh, in the book. And also you you show how they're interconnected. So, um, yeah, I was thinking if we could hear more about them.
0: Sure. Um, As you said, there are three key concepts associated with the book's main topics, heritage, ethnic tourism, and romantic consumption. The first one is heritage. Um, when we talk about heritage, we often think about antiquity, historical buildings, monuments, and ancient objects in the museums. And these days, we also include folklore, arts, performance, and religious practice. So these mm-hmm. books include, but also go beyond all of these tangible and intangible elements. I approach heritage, or more precisely, cultural heritage, um, as a social process of human action to construct the past. so But it's not only about the past, um, as Doherty Lowenthal and others indicated. All heritage is about the present. So these days, especially after the Second World War and the development of urbanization, industrialization, cultural heritage has become a global industry. So it becomes, as Laura, Laura Jen Smith phrased, as authorised discourse that, the ways we understand the past are shaped by authorities, professionals, and experts. So in one word, heritage is not only a thing. Heritage is a process of making of the past for the present. So the second term of the book is ethnic tourism. This is a term that might refer to a special form of tourism that is associated with custom of indigenous or aboriginal people, such as Eskimos, Inuits, or some Blast Indians of Panama. So sometimes it also refers to aboriginal or indigenous tourism, although this time these terms might mean different things in different regions. So apparently ethnic tourism has some colonial legacies, and it is a pro- political project. So each nation, no matter what their position at the global political table, promotes ethnicity as a means to legitimize itself as a territory entity. So ethnic tourism served the role to objectify and museumify uh, these ethnic culture, their customs and objects, and separate them from daily life and create it for external consumption. So now there is a particular context of ethnic tourism in China that is associated with its ethnic policies or ethnic classification system. So we need to go back to 1950s um, when China was inspired. Uh, by the Marx and uh, Linus and Stalin system, which define nationality based on common language, territory and economic life. So China uh, developed a national project classifying more than 400 self-identified ethnic groups into 55 ethnic minority groups. So in addition to the majority of Han Chinese, like me and the Han Chinese, that is about 92% of the population. The remains of the 104 million people belong to one of the other ethnic groups. So we call them Nashi, which is the main uh, ethnic minority of this book, or Miao or, or others, or Tibetan, mm-hmm. for instance. Sure. Some scholars describe the project as a kind of internal colonialization because there's a power imbalance between the Han Chinese and the other ethnic minorities. So the result is, While Han Chinese are modern and civilized, the other ethnic people are branded as backward, exotic, and sometimes a bit feminine. Mm -hmm. So the ethnic tourism played an important role in such image buildings. So when we ask the question why Chinese tourists are interested in ethnic tourism and visit these remote ethnic minority areas, this question refers to the third notion of the book, Romantic Consumption. So by romantic consumption, if I put it in a simple way, I mean, I'm talking about people dissatisfaction of urban life that leads to a romanticized interest in the natural and spiritual and ascetic elements. And my notion of romantic consumption was inspired by Colin Campbell's idea of modern consumption. It refers to a modern attitude of longing triggered by dissatisfaction with the present and eagerness to indulge in new experience of pleasure and hedonism. So, for instance, in modern China, the idea of romantic consumption uh, refers to three main reasons here. First, the emergence of individualism, that people have more choice than before to pursue happiness and lifestyle. Second, a material consumption culture, especially in the urban sphere, so, people are buying more things than the past. They can buy a lot of things in the markets and the shops than before have limited resources. Third, the idea of happiness has shifted from emphasizing material factors such as housing, clothes, and cars to more emotional experience. So, just give you an example. So, people like to celebrate Valentine's Day or go to the pub during the weekend instead of just going to the shopping. So these three reasons, the emergence of individualism, the ideal material consumption, and emphasizing on experience for happiness, leads to the phenomenon of romantic consumption in modern China that help us to understand why people are interested in visiting Lijiang as part of their experience. So these are the three main uh, key concepts of the book, heritage, as in tourism, and romantic consumption.
1: It's so absolutely um fascinating to to hear about these things and you know also to i think one um one thing that comes um out of 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 reading your book is the idea that you know we we can become more um self-conscious of our own um you know travel plans when they will be possible again and what we uh, why we traveled right in the past to see the stone forest for example in kunming or yeah. you know um the the panda zoo, you know, or something, um, something else, and um, you know, to also realize that it could be a, a sign of the times, right? Of with globalization and with this emphasis of on, you know, neoliberal practices of um, of time and consumption, um, then um, you know, we we get uh, phenomena like this. Um, but before I get, uh, I you know, ask you more other questions about the book, I'd like to um just uh, pose a, a different type of question and that is about the research itself um specifically your methods and the ways in which the book took shape as you continued to uh, visit li Jiang over the years
0: mm. um yes um first um as a chan chinese researcher and uh, being overseas for many years studying uh, heritage in minority area of china um i and also my uh Researchers and other people consider myself both insider and outsider. What does it really mean inside and outsider? So when I went to Lijiang, especially during uh, the first several years, several several times, people in Lijiang, both the local communities and the tourists feel that I might be part of them because I speak Chinese. And also, yeah. I uh, learn a bit the local dialects, and also learn a bit local culture. For instance, we drink a lot. We, sometimes they offer me uh, smokes, um, cigarettes, because it's a very yeah. ethnic minority area. They drink and smoke. But a lot of times they also feel that I'm different. Um, they sometimes feel that I'm also foreigner, even not a kind of foreigner in a foreign sense, but at least foreign to them. So I'm um, consider myself both this kind of insider, outsider position. That's one point. And second point, um, talking about methods, I was trained as an anthropologist, which is a Western anthropologist, which requires to stay with one community for a long time and study their culture and social life. So to get a sense of being there is very important for us. Um, So we need to hang out with both the local communities and visitors. In the daily life so it's easier to hang out with local communities if you stay long time with them so getting familiar with them and drink t- drink and work with them in the workspace drink tea in the tea house shop together in the local market sometimes it's a bit difficult to hang out with visitors because they feel that you are a stranger why you always chase me um so it's getting more and more um uh, a bit tricky that to 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 hang out with the visitors so I tr- start to make friends with new migrants because they stay there for a bit longer time. Uh, although they're they are not local Nashi, but, but they become part of them. So you have a bit more time to, to, to know them. So from 2006 to 2011, um, I realized if I stay there for only one shot of visit for a long time, it doesn't really work out. So also I visit almost every each year. Each time I stayed here for one, two months, and sometimes three to four months. And during each visit, I met and catch up with old friends and also meet new people and make new friends. So a bit different from the traditional anthropological way of staying a place for one year, such repetitive visits allowed me to understand the impo- impact of heritage and tourism on people's various, various stages of life. So just give you a more clear view, um, as the topic of the study, eventually focus on weddings, I stay at um, the Nashi Wedding Koyang, which is the main place of the, the study. So I saw many wedding performers. I hang out with those performers and visitors who I know during the weddings, and then later we, we, we become friends for a short period. I also witnessed many couples uh, who got married um, or visited Lijiang, fell in love got married a, in the wedding courtyard. Some of them had children and and started a new business. And after two, three years and three, four years later, they might depart from Lijiang for another stage of life. So I almost see a short kind of cycle of their life during that particular period of time. So that's going that to give you, give you a, a quick overview of my research method. A very
1: good overview, I would say, because, you know, it also sounds um, quite... Quite interesting to me, right? To to be able to to see these changes in you know in in your environment and in people, and to be able to analyze it, but also participate uh, to a certain extent. And you know, it it um, now it gives um, you know the reader a better imp- kind of a better grasp, right, of the book and the way you organized it, right, as a as a performance, mm-hmm. right, and. Um, then, uh, you know, now I understand better why the, the chapters are, are um, named the way they are. And we'll, we'll get to each of them uh, shortly. Um, and we'll start with chapter two, uh, which is called Stage, is entitled Stage, mm-hmm. and follows the history of heritage development in Lijiang. And uh, you show how this location has actually changed in the past few decades in tandem with the evolution and consumption uh, and tourism patterns. So this development has left a deep mark in Lijiang, and you mentioned this um, uh, a little bit earlier, uh, but also by extension in other places, um, you know th- these changes can be seen um, well, quite quite easily. So I would like to invite you to to tell us a bit more about how Lijiang became, as you call it, a theater of heritage.
0: Hmm. I'm very glad that you mentioned about theater. Um, as the structure of the book, is carefully designed to align with the theme of study and the idea of theater uh, was inspired by evan goffman's idea of social life as a performance in which actors interact on the stage following a particular script the physical settings the context and the prescribed matter of their roles so in one word life is like a stage um as you said this chapter um, i set up the stage of uh, theater And here the stage, the idea of stage, has two folded meanings. First is a metaphorical stage, which refers to the city of Lijiang. So in response to national policies, promoting heritage and tourism, the image of the place has undergone a process of making and remaking. So I mentioned earlier that after Western explorers, uh, swayed by colonial nostalgia, present this place as an Oriental paradise in in the 90s, when tourism was developed in this region, it almost became a mecca for Western backpackers. And then, on 3 uh, February 1996, an earthquake struck the region. And right after the earthquake, the place was recognized as UNESCO World Heritage Site. This is very important, which make it even more popular to many domestic Chinese. And the government used the post-earthquake reconstruction as an opportunity to recreate a built environment to match early 20th century image of Lijiang. So what we see in Lijiang, if you visit there is different from 1990s. It was, it's kind of imagined uh, early period of Lijiang, uh, kind of reconstruction. Mm -hmm. It's an image of frozen and timeliness, ethnic culture has been used to represent in documentaries, films, theme parks, shops, museums, everywhere. So that's the first idea of the stage, a metaphorical idea. And -hmm. the second meaning of the stage is the stage of the Nashi wedding courtyard. As I said, Nashi wedding courtyard is the main place of the book locates. It's a place where the local heritage office turned the local Nashi culture into a form of heritage for display. And here we are talking about a real stage where local actors, the Nashi people, perform Nashi traditional wedding ceremonies for the tourists, who mostly are young couples on their honeymoon trips or migrants from other places, got married in Lijiang. So I would say the stage of the Nashi wedding courtyard is the microcosm of the broader stage of the Lijiang. So these two meaning of stage interact with each other in, a, in an interesting way.
1: They, they certainly do and um, actually I, I didn't know before uh, I read your book that um, the uh, that uh, Lijiang was was rebuilt and followed this um, this sort of imagined mm-hmm. right or it, memory right help, helped a lot to to rebuild Lijiang yeah. In the sense. so that's um, that's very interesting. And um, of course as you, you mentioned, it accommodates right wedding um, weddings and you know they're they're part of, um, of this uh, ethnic tourism right mm. as well. And uh, in chapter three entitled Scripts, the focus falls uh, onto an, an examination of a nasi wedding tradition. And um, there's palpable tension here, I I think, between governmental discourse about religion and heritage and, and, you know, um, things associated with these these concepts, but also, um, you know, with the local reality. So there's this tension between what the government um, uh, has in its discourse and the local reality and the local perception. So um I was thinking that this tension has been a constant during the Mao era and has also continued in a certain extent to the present, and you, you emphasize this very um, very nicely and interestingly in the book. So, you know, I was I was curious to to learn more about the ins and outs of the juxtaposition between the state and the individual practices in constructing this Nasi heritage and the Nasi wedding customs during both the Mao era but also the post Mao era.
0: Mm. This chapter called scripts, and um, because I think this idea of script is um, that it, it is written, and it's mm-hmm. made man, man-made. It mm-hmm. is also consistently rewritten, adapted to new context. And the scripts has a function; it guides people to act whatever their roles are. And in this book, the Nazi wedding traditions symbolize the um, meanings the scripts. So I gave you a bit, very quick overview of the the development of the wedding. Uh, traditional Nashi wedding as a script, script as a development of scripts. So historically Nashi people wedding ceremony were based on local indigenous Dongba religion. It is a bit like a pre-Tibetan Bong religion. Um, mm-hmm. The traditional Nashi wedding rituals are mainly directed by Dongba, who is the Dongba uh, practitioner, religious practitioners. As the Su, that refers to life and vitality. So they believe spirits. They think spirits can help them to navigate the, the relationship between human, society, and and, and, that, and spirits. So by communing with the spirits through rituals, Nashi believed the spirits Su can protect the new married couple and activate the vitality of the new household. So that was the original function or, or meanings of, 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 the, of the wedding traditional weddings. And then since the early 20th century, Han-Chinese-style uh, marriage have gradually replaced the traditional ceremony in that regions. So in these reformed marriage ceremonies, the religious elements within Dongba practice was reduced, and Han-Chinese Ch- practice were introduced and fused with lots of different other cultures, such as Confucianism, Buddhism, and Taoism. So it's a mixture. Then you might know that during the cultural revolution, which is 1966 to 1976, the gongba, like other folk religion in China, was banned as superstitions. So as a result, marriage custom among the Naxi, especially in the towns and cities like Lijiang, has been further influenced by, the, by Han culture. And then, and the, the, the script is still going on, since the post-Mao era, Nashi indigenous customs, like many religious and cultural traditional uh, culture, as we in China, have been officially revitalized and promoted through folk festivals and heritage programs. The state has, has motivated to transform Dongba religious practice into a form of cultural heritage that can be objectified, collected, and displayed at museums and zine parks for inspection and consumption. So if we go through um, that kind of history, it's a bit like Hobsbawm's idea of invented tradition. And as a result, the state conceptualization of Nashi wedding customs has shifted from uncivilized and backward, which was branded during the Cultural Revolution, to something like authentic, ethnic, and romantic. So that's a result from uh, the tourism, Industry part. But the state is not the only player in this game or scripts making. Heritage and essence tourism also allows other actors to do the scripts re- writing. The entrepreneurs, the scholars, and including the religious practitioners, they are all in, involved in that reinvention and rewriting of the Dongba culture scripts. So now we focus on the, the courtyard, which is the focus of the book. So the performance of the Nashi wedding courtyard is intertwined with the previous and the current custom of Nashi in a way that satisfies modern tourism needs. So, so for instance, the Dongba religious practitioners, he intentionally shortened the current ritual uh, from the original ritual, which need to be done for two days' ritual, to a 10 minutes ritual. The reason is, is simple, because the tourists doesn't have the patience to kneel down and and wait and listen to chanting for a very long time because they are hurried, they want to do something else, doing their trips. That's why the whole wedding ritual is around 10 minutes, and then you include other things such as celebration, dance, and games. So the, the, the main component of the ritual is almost like a condensed abstract or index. Of the original rituals performed in the villages. But interestingly, the Dongba performer still believes that the God, the Su Deities, exists in his ritual performance. And he thinks that his short ritual can still protect a couple of tourists and his blessing for their future still works. So he's very proud of being a Dongba, a real Dongba, a, a, a real Dongba after that cultural revolution. And he's working very hard to gain that social recognition. So this gives you a, a quick overview of how the scripts is written and keep written and keep revising during that period of time.
1: Absolutely. And um, it's um, it's actually, you know, quite um, attractive in a way to to um, participate, but also to, to listen um, to, to these things and, um, you know, um, think more about the ways in which the shortening of a, of a ritual, right. is supposed to, to have the same effect or, you know, um, the shortening might not influence the effect and, you know, and, uh, thoughts like this. So, um, you know, um, sorry, uh, you're about to say
0: no, anything? no, no, yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm also very fascinated about that part. Um, that i just feel that um after so many years and and they, even the dongba he he's a bit kind of marginal minority because not, there are not many dongba religious practitioners in this areas and, and not very encouraged by by the state but but because and he still has his confidence and passion in in insist on on his ritual efficacies or identities um i I find that very fascinating part and especially in the modern kind of tourism context Um,
1: um Yes. So in chapter four, uh, local actors, we get to read more about people's stances towards heritage uh, and uh, tourism discourses. And I found this fascinating because um, the, the the parts where, where people negotiate and subvert official positions and according with their memory and emotions um, are, are things that um, are not necessarily addressed up front. So I I wanted to know more about it, and I was thinking to ask you to tell our listeners more about this local dynamic transformation and, of course, about the transgressions that are happening in in Lijiang.
0: Sure. Um, This chapter mainly focuses on actors in the Nashi Wedding Courtyard. And I call them actors, again, it's both metaphoric and real. And on one hand, they perform an essay wedding as a paid service for tourists. So they are real actors. And on the other hand, um, actors in the metaphoric sense, they also perform their own ethnic identity under the backdrop of the dramatic development of the heritage industry, tourism industry in Lijiang. So the stage of the courtyard serves as a social reflection of everyday where people visit and stay as well as create and search for different meanings of life. I found it fascinating that these local actors despite working under the same ethnic label as Nashi, have various, various response to the state-oriented narrative of cultural heritage and ethnic tourism. So for instance, the, the heritage manager of, of the place, um, he used the opportunity to use Nashi culture as resources to develop his cultural industry business. While well, he is trying very hard to promote authentic Nashi culture, not because he's just doing that for business, but also he's proud of being an ethnic Nashi. So in another word, he's struggling between pride and price in his life. Pride in, in one sense, on it's, it's kind of like being proud of being an Nashi. And price, another other words, he is trying to uh, make business. Other senior Nashi performers also share similar kind of concerns about the dramatic change that happened in Lijiang due to the heritage and tourism industry. While they're working in the national wedding courtyard, they also live um, around this area because they're local community. They complain about the noise, the increased congestion, the traffic, the rise in the cost of living. So many express the feeling of having lost the traditional lifestyle and the community cohesion. They hope to claim or protect their own Nazi heritage when it was threatened or destroyed because of the recent modern heritage tourism development. So this form of heritage, that is different from the official and industrialized version of heritage, in the form of ritual performance and daily life activities, evokes a sense of local pride and nostalgia. So they often found it difficult to keep up and we'll keep up with the rapid change of the tourism dominant environment. And so most of them chose to move out the of Lijiang and live in a new part of the city. So there was a sense of displacement without enforcement. But different from these elder Nashi actors, young Nashi behave differently. So there's a the generation gap. This young Nashi actress maintains a more relaxed and a positive attitude towards this traditions. So this young generation grew up in a very modern or Han Chinese environment. So their education and employment experience makes them less attached to their traditional ethnic and cultural background. So performing Nashi ethnicity in that nashi wedding courtyard is part of their daily job. So they dress nashi, they dance nashi, they drink nashi, but that's their job. And at the same time, these young Nashi actors are also eager to experience the modern outside world. So they often told me, for instance, that they dream of working in cities like Beijing and Shanghai. Or one day, they can travel to Paris for honeymoon or vacations, just like, like every one of us. So there's a difference between elders and, and young Nashi local actors responding to that state narrative of heritage and tourism industry,
1: right. And I think um, also, um, and and you do mention this in the book, right? The memories and the the, the attitude, right, of of seeing the of seeing Lijiang transform is um, has a different impact on the elders than it has on the the younger people, um, and that might also influence the way they see um, the influx in, in tourists or. Um, um, governmental policies and and things like that right
0: yeah um but, mm-hmm. and and right. and there're also um there are diversity of, of the community so there are different generation gap there's also gender difference and and um and also age kind of difference that which which leads to a different kind of response to that modern modernization of of the traditional nazi um uh, Culture, and um, and everyone have different way of of, of responding. So uh, I mentioned didn't mention that for instance scholars and um, also have different kind of way to do that. They they are more preserving Nashi culture in a sense, almost like a, they feel tourism as a threat uh, to to heritage. So they are using publications, research uh, to preserving the authenticity. Of, of nashi culture um, uh, against almost like a, a battle against the tourism industry um, which is, which the 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 tourism industry entrepreneurs is is more more or less promoting nashi culture to the outsiders so so there are different kind of attitudes from the local hosts
1: absolutely right yeah and I, I'm assuming uh, also, there are different attitudes, right, and in the guests um, who come, and uh, also, you know, what happens after the uh, after the the wedding performance, or you know, after a trip to to Leeds And these um, these two uh, these two aspects are um, uh, presented in in chapter fifth and the fifth chapter and the sixth chapter. Um, the fifth chapter entitled Guests, and the sixth chapter entitled After the Show. Um, I, I thought they go together somehow in their approach to those who migrate to Lijiang to escape city life or are trying to pursue their own desires of romantic consumption. Um, and, you know, my, my question was, who are these guests and how do they contribute to, to the evolution of our understanding regarding the heritage um, there and heritage development in general, as well as ethnic tourism?
0: Sure. by um, guests... Um... I mainly talk about tourists and travelers who wish to experience the ethnic weddings during their honeymoon trips, and also guests like uh, business migrants who quit their jobs, left their hometowns, or decided to move to Lijiang. And some of them got married in the Nanshi wedding courtyard, um, not only for their family reason, but also a symbol of a new start of their life. So for them, the wedding it's not just kind of um, uh, a consumption experience. The wedding is real. It doesn't matter to them as a new start, a rite of passage to their life. Um, but maybe for the people who just who just heard that the first time, it's a bit strange because this is a bit like, uh, uh, for instance, non-Christian Japanese tourists celebrate their wedding ceremony in American cathedrals and church. Or American couples visit United Kingdom for Monty Python or the Holy Grail themed wedding, or European celebrities arrange their marriage in Fiji or Bhutan. So that's people always laugh about these stories. But my this chapter, I want to tell people that these stories are real, it has meaning um, to these guests Um, because the stories is not only a short maybe two, three hours um, consumption or drinking and and celebration. The stories are more than that. Um, That's why I have a chapter called After the Show. And I call these guests lifestyle migrants. Lots of them establish a temporary home in Lijiang as a reflection of their dissatisfaction of their main urban life from where they come from. The weddings at the courtyard become a start of their new home searching. And here, the notion of home, or my notion of home, is not something about security, comfortableness, or originality. It refers to something like adventure, imagination, and exhaustiveness. So they often develop their own business and local social network, serving both purpose of comfort and capital accumulation. And such romantic consumption of pleasure and happiness allow these guests to consume a new sense of home while using professional skills to enter the local tourism industries as new business people. However, while they enjoy freedom or enjoy the exotic romantic atmosphere in Lijiang and uh, as an escape from their original urban life, These guests do not leave behind their original lifestyle, which is very materialistic or consumeristic. So their daily life is like uh, they dine in the modern restaurant, eat cheesecakes, read and play with cats in the cafe. It's a a cat's cafe. Drinking French wine in the bars. And sometimes they pay for the massage regularly. They still keep the distance from local Nashi residents. Even they live in Lijiang, they, they don't want to fully let go of the lifestyle they are accustomed to. So what does it mean? These guests can never become local Nashi. They are still guests. Once the magic effects of romantic consumption fade away and their pleasure is replaced by daily struggle with the local environment, various forms of discomfort and tension Will arrive. So many of these guests start complaining about noisiness, crowdedness, traffic, just like those uh, local actors, those Nashi people I mentioned in the, the previous chapter. Other people will complain that Lijiang does not have good education or hospitals. And as said, these people are consistently in the status of dissatisfaction of the present and desire or for or something in the future. So as a result, many of them keep complaining and then choose to eventually choose to move to other place or go back to where they come from. So what does the story of these guests contribute to Lijiang? So people come and go. Well, the story of these guests does not reduce the amount of new incoming tourists with similar learning. Yes, there were still many people come to Lijiang, attracted by this place, get married, uh, had new business. Get some, some of them had children. Um, and then some of them leave after a while, two, three years, four, five years, if it's getting longer. Similar kinds of guests still come from Chinese cities, travel, stay for a short long period. So the image of the town as a heritage and ethnic tourism destination almost create a cycle of people arriving and departure from Lijiang in search of romantic consumption. And for these people, it's a, it's a cycle for their life, a different stage of life. They might get sick of their jobs in the cities. They come here for a gap year or two, two years gap uh, for short-term uh, romantic consumption. And then when they, they feel they're unsatisfied, they'll move on to other places either they look for a new experience or because their children need better education or uh, a a medical welfare system in the cities.
1: So the um, um, the 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 waves right of of uh, tourism and uh, guests I I would say um, it's quite um, Right, it's it's multifaceted. It's not just um, the two three day guest, but you know, it seems that it um, it it can become elongated for a few years or you know um, or, or longer periods of time. But then there's also this this continuous uh, changing right that happens in Leeds Young and people who come to live there will uh, will bring it with them. So um, I am I'm, I'm assuming there are different types of. Uh, of, of attitudes, right that the locals would uh, would, would have uh, towards this this continuous wave <laughs>
0: yeah. of, of
1: people, right?
0: Yeah, And interesting that most of the people who uh, experienced this wedding in the national wedding courtyard it was that those uh, uh, I call lifestyle migrants who came to Lijiang stayed longer. Of course, there are also other uh, travelers or tourists stay there for two, three days or one week. Uh, it it this for them it's just a short a short kind of um reflection of their uh short term experience there uh, there were some foreigners um also got married there um even after 50 years wedding and for them it's a bit weird why i got married after 50 years to marriage um but they still had fun um doing that kind of exotic culture experience they still laugh about that after many years. They show their photos on the Facebook page. Um, it's it's an interesting kind of reflection. And there are also local Nashi communities. Um, some of them also got married there. Um, they are a young generation of Nashi. They like to try different uh, experience, which is a bit strange from the old generation of Nashi communities. Uh, but, but But some people do want to experience some new kind of style of wedding, even they know this is mainly for the for the tourists,
1: right? Yeah, I definitely um, in in my uh, during my master uh, degree studies in China, I definitely heard uh, a few of my colleagues who uh, it remained at the the level of, of a dream. But you know, saying I'm going to quit my studies and I'm going to quit you know everything and I'll go um, you know to to Yunnan and um, you know become a waitress there or become um, you know. Um, Something you know, I'll, I'll become an entrepreneur um, in in that area. So I, I think it does have this uh, this attraction, and it's constructed, right? It's a it's a constructed thing, but um, also this um, you know a dissemination of information and dissemination of the the romantic dream that happens um, you know in day to day life, or you know through through books or through the TV. I would assume, mm. right. Yeah, and uh, I think in the conclusions, um, in the conclusion chapter, right, in the seventh chapter, you you bring everything together in an open conversation, um, about um, you know, continue a continuous search that happens for authenticity, modernity, emotional and cultural needs, desires, and and so on, and um, you structure the book as a mirroring as a mirror, right, that reflects a performance, and uh, my question here regards. To use a familiar language, um, the long-lasting impact and influence of the show, of the show, the quote-unquote show. So, what are some of these um, these these um, impacts and influences? Also, the the conclusions you arrived at after following Li Young's metamorphosis
0: Yeah, um, the conclusion. Um, I'm not sure if you might have noticed, or you have, you get that um, that the structure of the book, um, the guests. The, the host or local actors, and the idea of consumption and identity. I'm not sure if you get that. that, that it's a bit like the American science fiction and TV series Westward, um, particularly the season one. <laughs> um, the the Nashi Wedding courtyard or more general, the city of Lijiang, is, is probably like a, a Chinese version of the stage westward, even it's also located in the west part of China. Um, and just like what Delos, I, I mean, if you saw that uh, season one, you know that um, one of the main hosts of Westworld keep asking, uh, I think the key question or, or or if you want to talk about conclusion of the book is about authenticity. So Delos is always asking, am, am I real or is the whole thing real? So people might ask when they saw this book, are these wedding reels?" Are these people real Nashi and Dongba religious practitioners? Or some people after experience the wedding, or they after after four or five years stay in Lijiang, they might ask, is my experience real? Just like what your friends who go, went to Lijiang and, and did two, three years, or maybe not that long, maybe two, three months as a waiter or waitress, and they might ask, is that real for me? So... I think all of these issues matter to them, both, if I use the Westward term, hosts and guests. It matters to them because these people, both hosts and guests, work very hard to make the experience so strong, so tense, and so real. And, but at the same time, life and living environments change so fast. Lijiang changed so fast uh, in, the, in the last couple of decades. So it's very difficult for them to seize the present and continue to search, to struggle, and to chase for a better life. They witness people come and go. They see information come and go, and also infrastructure has been destroyed and be recreated, a lot of new host hotels and guest houses, There's so many things going on in Lijiang. So for the house, for instance, um, wedding, romance, and happiness become the daily jobs. It is real, but... It's repeating, just like in Delo's question. Is it real? After the whole day, busy laughing and a celebration of other people's wedding. Is it real for me? That's a question to the same host uh, in the courtyard. And for the guests, the romantic consumption offers them very powerful, but also instant gratification. So in that sense, everything seems a bit like an... Illusion, so after they celebrate the wedding, after they stay for two, three months or something for two, three years. Um, they're not sure if, 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 what, what does it really mean to their whole life, like a dream. So I believe the dilemma between real and illusion probably reflects something about modernity and our modern life in, in general. So it's not only about Lijiang or China. I guess everywhere um, is something we can think about. But I also like to address that Westworld is not a pure happy land. I guess if you see, uh, if you saw uh, season one of Westworld, there was a very popular quote, which Westworld quote from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, that these violent delights have violent ends. So in Lijiang, same that you have so I saw so many romantic stories, love stories. People got married, people happy. But the story of Lijiang is full of both romance and violence in a symbolic way. That here in Lijiang, we should not forget that the tension and politics is also real. So not only this laughing and, and happiness and roses, but we are talking about heritage and tourism industry, or more broadly, the capitalism and SD politics leads to dramatic transformation of the place and also people's daily life. That includes social stratification, gentrification, displacement, exploration, and, and a lot of times, heartbreaking. <laughs> so I saw so many people happy, excited about this place, but then they broke. They broke up or they had, fought, they had to be forced to leave the place uh, because of living costs or, or, or many other reasons. Um, there are, there's a tense tension between the young generation and also local residents. There's a tension between Han Chinese and ethnic minorities. And all of this because of the, the whole development of heritage and ethnic and, and tourism industry. So if you like to ask me what's the conclusion, I think there are two things here. One is the question of authenticity, reflects something about our modern life. And another thing is the politics of heritage and tourism, which we often forget that uh, the beauty, uh, the violent delights sometimes have violent ends.
1: Right, right. Yeah, absolutely, I I completely agree. And I would love to ask you way more, but I'm afraid we've taken a lot of your time, so. (laughs) I was wondering whether uh, you could tell us more about your current projects?
0: Sure. Um, I just had a new book out last year on um, heritage politics in China. So I look at how the, the, the nation used the past to shape national images, international influence. But this is a look at more uh, abroad from the whole country uh, and look at how general the heritage politics in, in, the, in China. And these days, I'm, I make some movement of shifts. Um, if I if I think about my start uh, from Li Jiang, which focused on happiness and romance, so these days I move from happiness and romance to dark heritage sites that are associated with wars and post-conflict sites, and also move from consumption to commemoration. So so it's a a, a kind of dramatic change. Um, I'm all, I'm interested in memory politics. Or more broadly, how nation states forget and erase certain difficult or traumatic past for nation beauty, and how local communities use private museums or commemorative practice to shape social memories from below. I think there's still a, a kind of connected with my previous uh, experience, or, or for instance, like this book in Lijiang, because there was a lot of commemoration um, going on. Even uh, the color—I I mean, always prefer to use color. It's different. The taste is different. Uh, there was there was in the There was a lot of romance, and now often we talk about darkness uh, here. But I think there is some kind of connection with my present project.
1: For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, of course, the um, you know the experience and. Um... You know the methods and, and everything that you've seen unfolding in your previous projects. I'm sure it um, it informs right and, and feeds into the current current projects that that you have. Um, and I'm I'm very excited and I'm very looking forward to um, to reading more of, of, of your work. And you know, um, hopefully we'll we'll meet again into an an interview for New Books Network for new projects. Um, um, I want to thank you very much, uh, uh, Dr. Zhu, and to um, wish you all the best in your project and, you know, uh, a good 2021. I hope.
0: <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Thank you very much, Victoria, and I am I, um, I really be honored to be here and talk with you. And I hope really um, all the best with you and with other people uh, who is listening to this uh, interview. Mm-hmm.